0: This morning to share with you on our on our Deeper Waters series. We've been going over the series about authority. And authority can be hard sometimes because well, we've all been through things. We've all seen how authority can be abusive or how authority can be hard to deal with. But I would tell you this morning that if you take anything away from this Deeper Waters series, this right here should be the one thing that you leave and you say, that's the thing I'm going to hold on to because this morning we're talking about the authority of God in our personal relationships. A believer must have the authority of God in their life. We can, what happens oftentimes when we don't have that authority is we get off balance. Because all the other authorities will actually be less authoritative in our life when we do not have God as an authority figure. What will happen is things that go against your freedoms or your self-proclaimed rights will cause you to rebel. Now we can see an example of this in Romans 8-7. It says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. Perhaps the greatest fallacy of our sin nature is that we have justification of the sin rather than justification of the sinner. We want the authority of the church to have a say until what it says rubs us the wrong way. And the truth is we treat God the same. And we'll try and reason away his will for our lives. It's like that moment that you hear in prayer that you should go somewhere and you should should do something or you should speak to this person but you don't listen. That's God trying to reach for you, trying to be the authority in your life. But we have to remember that his ways and his understandings are higher than our ways. And he gave us authority as the church. As the body of believers, we are considered the bride of Christ. And as the bride, we have authority through him. Because he is the groom and the body is the bride. The church is a reflection of of that authority of God and without the authority of God however there is no authority in the church we cannot say that about the opposite we can't say that there will be authority in the church if we don't have God first as the main authority God is the author and finisher of our faith he is omnipresent Psalms 139, 7 through 12 says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Shaw, the netherworld, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. God is everywhere and anywhere at all times. And I, I believe that it is hard for us to wrap our minds around that fact. We understand it, but it is difficult. Jeremiah 23, 23 23-24 says, Am I a God who is only close at hand? Says the Lord. No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth? Says the Lord. There is nowhere that our God is not. He is everywhere. He is not only omnipresent, but he is omniscient. Psalms 139, 1 through 6 says, O Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up my entire life. Everything that I do, you understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my laying down. And you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue still unspoken, Behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before, and you have placed your hand upon me. Such infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high above me. I cannot reach it. Our God is an all-knowing God. Nothing that you do will surprise our God. Hebrews 4, 12-13 says... For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of a person, and both joints and marrow the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open, exposed and revealed to the eyes of him with whom have to give an account. Due to our lack of understanding, sometimes we try to assign human attributes to God. We try to say that He is intelligent, that He is wise, that He is powerful, that He is strong. But all these words are simply inadequate to describe who God is. They won't give us The true description of his power, his might, and his strength, and his wisdom, and his knowledge. They just don't work. And that's why when you look at what the Jewish people used to do, they would never write his name fully down. Because they believed that the name had so much power that there was no way that they would want to hurt that name or blasphemy that name by writing it on paper. They believed his name should be sacred and protected even in written form. But our God is also omnipotent. This means he is all powerful and nothing is too hard for our God. When Jesus encountered the rich young ruler, he describes this to his disciples. He tells them a story about this and he says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. But the disciples were astounded. Then who can be saved, they asked. And Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. He is a God with all these attributes. He's just and He's righteous. He loves us and He is going to do the right thing. He is morally equitable. He does not care about your ethnical background, your financial background, your gender. He doesn't care about any of that because He is going to judge you and me the same. But I don't want that to seem bad because He's not walking around playing whack-a-mole with saints. He's not looking for the next person he can strike down or be be God to that's not how he deploys his wrath he is love enduring and thereby his authority is not abusive but like the apostle Paul said that shouldn't give us a license to sin we shouldn't continue in sin just because God's grace is so sufficient Romans 6, 1-4 says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined Him in His death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. The Apostle Paul understood this in great detail because his name actually used to be Saul. And the story of Saul exemplifies the authority of God in a believer's life. Saul was well-versed in the Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament, Yahweh. He knew that God was omnipotent, omniscient omnipresent, but what had escaped Saul was God's forgiveness and his mercy. Saul, like so many other religious leaders, had become legalistic in their ways, believing that scripture was their sword, their personal sword to swing around, and that if traditions were followed, that somehow it would make him holy. But after the stoning of Stephen, Saul became determined to rid the world of the gospel. One fateful day, Saul receives letters to Damascus where undoubtedly he would conduct a search equal to the Gestapo, jailing and weeding out and even executing the heretics of his time. But I have to say, thank God that Saul was on that road that day. That our God is the type of God who will leave the 99 and go after the 1. Because if had he not done that, then we would not have what Paul had given us through his epistles. I'm going to read the account of what happened to Saul in Acts 9, 1-6. It said, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. This is directly after the stoning of Stephen. I believe that when uh, Stephen was stoned and Paul was standing in attendance, Paul said suddenly saw something in Stephan's eyes when he said, lay this charge not upon them. And it changed his countenance to be more zealous than he had ever been. So this is why he went to the high priest. He said he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for the cooperation and the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. See, he wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's response was, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I don't want to miss the fact that Paul listened to that voice. Because it was the obedience of Paul to go back into that city. He had been blinded by the light. His eyes were blind. He had to have help to get back into that city. But it was here in scripture that we, we see the action of obedience to God by this man named Saul. And this is where all new believers start. Maybe you don't have a blinding light that blinds you. But there is something in God that you begin to see and begins to change your heart. But it is only through obedience that true change can happen. Begin to allow his authority to work in your life and you will see change after change. You see, Saul was later baptized in Jesus' name and the scales that were on his eyes fell away. And no, this this was a physical miracle that happened to him. I would say it was also a spiritual miracle as well. Because as those scales dropped from his eyes spiritually, those things that had been taught to him, ingrained in him, began to fall away. And by obedience and through submission to the one and true living God, Saul began to see and have the revelation of who Jesus truly was. I want to say this this morning. When you allow the voice of God to be your authority, this is what happens. Your scales begin to fall away. And what the world says about you, what the world has said about you when you came into this church, begins to fall away in Jesus' name. All those doubts and all those fears begin to become yesterday's memories. Because it is in Jesus' name that those scales can fall off. And Saul's life was changed in a moment. And we can say, well, he was just on that road and he was going to kill all those people. But I don't want to rest there. I don't want to just say that's all that happened because there was a believer who received a word from God and had to be obedient to that word. Because God told him to go talk to Saul. To go be a witness to Saul. Saul. Now, he had his reservations. He said, I don't know if I can go witness to this man. He's a killer of the Jewish people. He's been killing our Christian fellows. So he was worried. He was fearful. But the obedience of God was still carried out, and he still went the way that God had called him to go. And because of that, Saul received the revelation, and the scales were fallen from his eyes, and he was baptized in Jesus' name. Because of a believer, when we allow the authority of God in our lives to lead us, direct us, put us in the places that we maybe don't think is safe, then that is when we can be a witness to those outside of this church, outside of these walls. That's the authority of God in a believer's life. It's the leading of the Spirit This is what happens. But I am thankful, though, that we belong to a fellowship that believes in the authority of God and the preaching word of God. You see, Saul knew God as an authoritative God. But Saul lacked something. It was the revelation of who God's true identity was in Jesus. All the knowledge and all the tradition and legalism had handicapped this man's true potential. But when those scales fell from his eyes, there was something that changed in his countenance. He became less zealous and more uncontrollable. The fire of God burned within him. And he began to preach the message of the gospel. And he was intent to see that every man would be saved. That was the authority of God in his life. When we submit instead of rebel, when we give instead of take, when we worship instead of check out, When there is true repentance in the heart, things change. But there can only be true repentance if we allow the authority of God to be personal in our lives. It is one thing to say He is the authority on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights sometimes. But it is another when we are led by His Spirit and that we give Him the true and full authority in our life. We have to ask ourselves, is He Lord of all or not at all? I close with this. The true authority of God is absolute. He does not want his people to perish. But there is a judgment that will come. And if we are living fast and loose with what God has spoken in his word, then we will answer to him For the places are the areas that we deny His authority. There can be nothing off limits to God. There can be nothing off limits to our eternity and our salvation. You can rest on this one thing. That He has given you authority in this church to help make heaven your home. And that can be found in the five-fold ministry. And through submission... And to the command to be baptized in Jesus' name. And to receive that glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. The infilling and the power that he will give you to live an authoritative life. God has given us as believers authority. It says in scripture that he has given us the power to tread on serpents. To go against the enemies of our soul. And that is the authority of God. But he has given us a pastor. He has given us teachers. He has given us the power to be able to say there is salvation in his name. And through their teaching and their leading and their prayer lives. And under the submission of them then we can find authority in our own lives to do as the scriptures say. Paul was instrumental in the New Testament church. But when we read the book of Acts... It doesn't end. We are the church that follows the book of Acts. And without the authority of God, we do not fully walk in a book of Acts church. And so I implore you today to allow God into those places that maybe you can't, it doesn't seem as though you've allowed them in in the last couple years of your life, possibly. Just know that God is knocking and he wants in. He wants to change things for you, for the better, to be a positive force in your life. Those addictions that you have held on to and those troubles that you seem to keep running into and those financial struggles, it's through authority that if you are allowing God to be the authoritative state in your life, those things can become a distant memory. If you'll stand as we begin to worship. Thank you this morning.